Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. Another edition of the Just Thinking podcast. I'm Virgil Walker. And I'm Daryl Harrison. What's going on, Virgil? Oh my man, you doing well? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. And uh, hey, you've been following this Final Four at all the uh, NCAA March Madness, man. You've been I, following any of that? Here, this is this is where I'm gonna let you down, man. This is where I'm gonna let you down. <laughs> I usually don't do. Co- well, see, I'm a I'm a OU football fan. Yep. And we haven't we don't have much to shout about with regard to basketball, of course, until Trey Young showed up on the scene. Yep. Yep. And so, and then when that went sideways, man, you know, I just kind of shut it off. I haven't really, really watched it or kept up with it. So I have no idea what's going on in that world. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of games during the tournament this year because of work and, and other uh, obligations and priorities at church and whatnot. But, uh, you know, so I haven't really been focused on it, to tell you the truth. But it's kind of cool, man. We got a couple underdog teams. Mm-hmm. In the final four, I'm more of a college sports fan mm-hmm. than I am well, when it comes to basketball. I'm more of a right. college fan than, than right. the NBA. Uh, but, you know, I think there's been a couple surprises here in the tournament, man. So uh, mm-hmm. as we record right now, I've got the uh, the women's tournament on, just kind of chilling and watching that a little mm-hmm. bit before mm-hmm. you and I went on the air here. But, uh, but yeah, I just uh, was thinking about that, man. Let me see if Verge has been following this tournament, man. I, I didn't do a bracket or anything like that, so I'm not a – you know, I can't not, say that I've been into it this year. Yeah, yeah. Not, not not this season, man, because everything else is going on. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd run that by you, man. Knowing yeah, what like about. you, like you, man. I've just I've got so many things, so many irons in the fire um, that I'm trying to just you know to make sure I'm taking care of of all the things that are that are on A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And uh, it hadn't afforded me the opportunity to to spend time watching that. Now, as soon as football cranks back up, I, I will I will carve out the time <laughs> to root my Sooners back into the national championship game. So we'll see how that rolls. All right, man. So uh, so so this episode here, man, is 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 part two. This is part two, man. Part two. Yep. Of our. Uh, I guess our, our sort of look at the uh, National Geographic, just a brilliant expose by National great, Geographic. Great, writer, great uh, piece, great article, man. Yeah. And uh, I can't, I can't wait to to unpack it again to kind of talk through it. And uh, man, for those who who haven't gone back and listened to part one, uh, episode twenty, uh, if this is your first run at what we've got brewing, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the first. Uh, uh, episode in this little kind of kind of series so that you can be up to speed on what's what's happening this has been an incredibly fascinating article Daryl that I have shared with a lot of different people to get perspectives and and I know as as you you're you're so kind of on top of it with the with the Twitter world and that kind of thing. I've been watching that kind of back and forth, man. It's been a lot of buzz about the article mm-hmm. and, 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 and even more importantly about what we're, we're talking about some of the things that you're saying as far as bringing a biblical worldview to the issue of race. Yeah. And it's been sort of a catch 22, right? Because we've gotten such awesome, really phenomenal feedback from our listeners with respect to the first episode that we did, which would be episode 20. If you're going out to either the website or 
through uh, your iTunes or your Android podcast. Mm-hmm. It's going to be episode 20 was was part one of this piece. And there was so much meat within this Nat Geo article that we didn't get to. We decided, yeah. man, we need to maybe cut this up into a two-parter mm-hmm. and come back and kind of revisit this again, put a nice little bow on it. So that's what we're doing in this episode. But, you know, one thing I've noticed with respect to the response that we've gotten, not to just the episode from last week, episode 20, but the mm-hmm. previous episodes yeah. leading up to talk about it, man. This is that, that we're doing tonight is, you know, uh, especially on Twitter, people are coming at me saying, Hey, you know, they're, 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 they're sending me links to different articles that have to do with race issues, race related mm-hmm. topics mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, and I want to say, you know, to those folks, as much as we appreciate you guys listening, number one, and taking time out of your day to listen to us and tell others about the just thinking podcast, what we don't want to do, we don't get, we don't want to get pigeonholed into this podcast that only deals with race That's issues. Good. Good. Uh, so especially now that we're at a place where with respect to this Nat Geo article, we're able to uh, hopefully, uh, as far as this podcast is concerned anyway, put this whole race issue to rest. Mm. Because one thing the Nat Geo article does, it comes from a secular uh, perspective with respect to science. Mm. But the irony of that is that even in the scientific approach that Miss Elizabeth Colbert takes uh, brilliantly again in, uh, as the article says, sort of debunking the whole idea that there is such a thing as race. Mm -hmm. Uh, She uses science to debunk that Uh, as much as that might be the case. um, You know, we're not going to on this podcast, put ourselves in the position of regurgitating and revisiting, um, something that we've already established even prior to this article coming out. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It it doesn't even exist. So, you know, again, to to all the respect to the the listeners who've been coming to Virgil and me saying, Hey, you know, this will be a great topic for you guys to cover. Uh, No, you know, we, we, we are, we are not the, um, you know, uh, lighthouse or flagpole uh, for race, specific conversation not to say we won't visit the issue again but we want to make it clear that our position biblically first is that there is no such thing as race there isn't Uh, i don't know how what other way to say it uh but the the nat geo article as we delved in in detail in the last episode establishes even from a scientific standpoint that there is no such thing as race uh so with respect to what folks want to posit as race uh, centric or race specific topics, racial reconciliation, anything that has to do with that word race, mm-hmm. you know, all we're going to do is take it back to, uh, for instance, what the gospel says in John 30, 13, 34 and 35, where Jesus says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Absolutely. Uh, th- that's essentially what this whole racial reconciliation issue boils down to. And and, he, and and here's the here's the thing that I'll insert here, Daryl, is that this this article isn't doesn't change what you've been saying since the very beginning of our podcast. Even even prior to that, when when you and I first connected on on, on the bar, I mean, you you've been saying from a biblical perspective, biblical worldview, uh, that that the issue of of race is a social construct mm-hmm. that, that that has no basis in scripture 
whatsoever. So, so this isn't, this isn't, oh, we found this article. And so let's, let's, let's become hip and counterculture and, and, mm-hmm. and jump on to mm-hmm. uh, a secular idea that's been, been posited. It, it's that from the, from the beginning, anyone who, who, you know, wants to go back and look at the body of work with regard to the, you know, to, to the Just Thinking podcast, they, they'll find very quickly that you've been saying this all along. This yeah, is nothing new. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that too, Verge. I mean, right. The Nat Geo article, if anything, it augments what we've already been saying. Mm-hmm. What I've been saying for years on my blog and on my social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter, I've been saying this for years. So again, the Nat Geo article is not news to us. Uh, you know, it, it caught my attention because just the, the blatant way in which it says what we've already been saying, mm-hmm. uh, the, the very title of the article, there's no scientific basis for race. It's a made up label, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, you know, this is going to be problematic for a lot of people out there who are in this whole uh, sort of the profession now of race work. It's, it's a mm-hmm. profession now. It's an industry. It's a cottage industry almost. Uh, this is going to be p- problematic for folks who want to hang on uh, to that mission, to that purpose, to give themselves purpose and reason. Um, You know, this is going to be problematic for them because if they did, if if you don't want to buy into the fact that the Bible, that there's no biblical basis for race. Now we have a secular uh, commentary that's well-respected around the world and has been for decades. Mm -hmm. National Geographic. If you don't want to buy into that either, then, you know, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you either need to change occupations or or find some other avenue uh, from which to make your argument, uh, because from the standpoint of someone identifying themselves as a uh, one, one involved, one who is involved in race work, a social justice professional, someone who uh, who is. Uh, out there in the field on the front lines of racial reconciliation. Right. It's like, about, you know, and I wrote a blog article about this, that, that races don't reconcile hearts do, Absolutely. you know? So uh, melanin has nothing to do with this. Uh, so again, I just really appreciate uh, Elizabeth Colbert and national geographic putting this unambiguous, clear clarion declaration out there that was already established in scripture going all the way back to Genesis. Uh, but a, a text that you and I parked on in episode 20 was though in Acts 17, 26, which is my go-to text when talking about this, uh, this whole race issue. And whenever I say race, I'm using air quotes, right? Cause seriously, man, I mean, it, it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as that, but in Acts 17, 26, that's my go-to text. And in the NESB, that text reads, and he, that is God, made from one man, every nation, okay, made from one blood, literally, made from one blood, every nation, that's every ethnos, every right. ethnicity of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. There it is right there. Absolutely. Now, you know, if you're a Christian and you don't want to accept that, you know, that's on you. Uh, but the Nat Geo article augments what, what scripture has taught for thousands of years. And people are either going to have to accept this and go back to a fundamental, and I might even say an organic view 
of gospel reconciliation, which begins with the person who harbors hate in their heart being reconciled to God. That's Absolutely. where it begins. Absolutely. That's where it begins. I, I'll, so, tell, Darryl, I'll tell you this, man. One of the things I did after our uh, after after the last episode dropped is, is I kind of looked at this. I thought about on Sunday nights, usually here uh, at the Walker household, um, usually in the, in the evening after the Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon nap, you know, at that, that right. As soon as you get home, you got to take, you got to eat some, eat, eat the lunch. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to, you got to take that nap. You got to have your soul food. You got to have your soul food. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you got to take that nap. So about three, three thirty, you know, I kind of get up, kind of wake up a little groggy and, and trying to kind of figure things out. We, we usually as a family kind of sit down and, and, and have just general conversation either, the conversation will will be around. Hey, what 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 was it that we heard or learned uh, at the church service? And and we'll take some time to kind of unpack that biblically, scripturally, what have you. Uh, I, I'll hear you know what 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 uh, class they were in, or they'll hear maybe I've taught a class or two, and and I'll kind of share. And that's just kind of our our kind of home devotional, kind of home study uh, time. I actually this week, man, had this article up. And, and sat my kids down, both boys, my daughter, and I had them read through the article mm-hmm. and uh, and just, you know, it, it was kind of off kilter because normally I'm like, grab your Bible. Let's jump into scripture. And we did a little bit of that. But the first thing I had them do was to read through the entirety of of the article. And, and I just without my commentary, I just wanted to hear their their thought processes about it. And so they just kind of read through it and 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 said and and interestingly enough, when when they got to the even the first portion uh, of it with regard to uh, Samuel uh, Morton and the, uh, the 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 cranial cavity and and how each uh, cranial cavity was filled with with uh, you know with, with uh, sand or what have you, kind of just to to see how big it was. The, the first thought, and I was so glad that this happened was how how in the world does brain size it, how is brain size determinative of levels of intelligence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 i was i was really excited about the fact that they they began to kind of pick up on that they went how, where is there some rule that says that the size of the brain is determinative of intelligence and i said well that's that's a great question that i'm sure that those who thought about this or ran across this initially never even thought to ask. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I, I, I even go back to how do we know he got the right brain size and can we trust what he's, I mean, based upon his presuppositions about the issue of race, uh, I, I don't know that much of what he, you know, posited as far as, as scientific and evidential uh, really stands up. So that was yeah, kind of I mean, what we, that's kind of what we did. Yeah, so you know, it, it is. You mentioned the word trust, and what Morton discovered, his discoveries, you know, what he deduced from those is arbitrary, it's subjective. Mm. It's subjective. Uh, and I think it's interesting that, um, you know, because in episode 20, when we first uh, sort of visited this Nat, Nat Geo article, uh, you know, we interjected uh, just some brilliant insights from Frederick Douglass from an address yes, he, he gave in 1854. Yes, Yep. Uh, where he Man, that was so good, you know, he, he proved to be a better theologian than many Christians out there today. Mm-hmm. 
right? So here's a guy from 164 years ago. Right. Didn't, didn't have his Logos then, did he? Didn't have his Logos software then, <laughs> you know. Didn't have his, uh, you know, Greek Hebrew concordance. Right, right. You know, didn't have any of that. Uh, runaway slave, mm. you know, self-educated. Right. Right. No seminary mm-hmm. degree. I said no seminary degree. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm repeating that on purpose. Right. No seminary degree. And uh, yet, you know, from folks who listened to episode 20, they heard for themselves how brilliant a theologian Frederick Douglass was mm-hmm. in that he simply by studying the scriptures for himself yes. understood that there was no such thing as race. The address that I'm alluding to again was entitled the claims of the Negro ethnologically considered. Mm-hmm. Ethnologically considered. The claims of the Negro ethnologically considered by Frederick Douglass. Even Douglass understood that the word is ethnologically, not racially considered. It's That's ethnologically good. considered. That's good. So uh but it's interesting how even in uh even in that um that address from eighteen fifty four, Douglas uh he had a couple words to say about Samuel Morton. Yeah. And uh, and how and, and about Morton's biased uh, approach to his uh, findings, mm-hmm. uh, Douglas says this. This is in, again. This is in in the uh, in the address. The claims of the Negro ethno- ethnologically considered in the section that Douglas uh, put under the subtitle "Ethnological Unfairness Towards the Negro." He says this about Dr. Samuel George Morton. Douglas said, Dr. Samuel George Morton may be referred to as a fair sample of American ethnologists. His very able work, Crania Americana, published in Philadelphia in 1839, is widely read in this country. In this great work, his contempt for Negroes is ever conspicuous. I take him as an illustration of what had been alleged as true of his class. So this goes to your point mm-hmm. about how you can't trust the findings of Samuel right. Morton, where he just right. arbitrarily deduces uh, a scientific, a, a, posits a scientific fact, a deduction based on cranial size of right. different people from different uh, climates and, and, uh, and latitudes and things of that nature around the world. So, mm-hmm. but even, even, uh, even Frederick Douglass recognized the bias. Right. Uh, in Morton's findings. Right. But here we are in 2018, still buying into the lie that Frederick Douglass recognized for what it is almost 170 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here, here we are as Christians still propagating a falsehood that was created by a man, an mm. arbitrary, subjective falsehood that promotes an agenda. And this is, as Douglas said, and I didn't get to this quote uh, when we talked uh, last time about this, but I think it bears mentioning when you consider uh, the uh, agenda that was carried by folks like Dr. Samuel Morton, and then there was um, uh, the uh, uh, Charles Darwin and his origin of species. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Douglas says this. He says there was a time when if you establish the point that a particular being is a man, it was considered that such a being, of course, had a common ancestry with the rest of mankind. But it is not so now. This is, you know, an age of science, and science is favorable to division. Amen. That's right. Man, science that's is good. favorable to division. This, this yep. is what Frederick Douglass said 164 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the lie that we refuse to recognize right now. Science has divided us. Wow. Even Douglass recognized that in 1854. Mm-hmm. That science divides us, and that's what it's doing now. And Christians Absolutely. are Christians in the church, born again, uh, pre- professing born again believers, have bought into this lie—the lie of science—that there is such a thing as race, and science is playing us for puppets. Absolutely, for puppets. Now here we are, arguing and fighting amongst ourselves over a non-existent reality <laughs> over something that doesn't even exist. Yeah, absolutely. I, Daryl, I, I'm one of the things that I appreciate about what you said in the past. In fact, we talked about it the last time uh, we, we recorded and, and that was um, a thought process. You said this, there's, there's two or three things going on in my brain at the same time. I try to keep these, these thoughts separate. First, one, the first thing you said was you expect for secular society to create the divisions that are <clears throat> that are that are part of uh, the culture. So it, it, you have you have no um, you, you you said you you, you understand uh, why the, the those who aren't or who don't have a biblical worldview would accept this kind of illogic right mm-hmm. hook line and sinker they have no framework no no ability to justify their thought process their beliefs how they know what they know uh they're, they're just being fed uh by people who have an agenda in this in this instance fr- from a scientific background which is the deity that they bow their knee to right and 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 they've they've, they've accepted what what's what's been said of to them about the issue of of race that there are in fact you know morton and according to this article had had you know had really appealed to uh, to to uh, divinity having having um, provided maybe four or five different uh, uh, options or times for creation in order to right. have in, in order to have these these different quote unquote races. I, I'm like you now in air air quotes with regard to with regard to races. You you, you stated at the time you said you know I, I get that that the secular world uh, does that. You said the problem that that you have, the problem that we have, is that that Bible believing Christians would adopt that thought process without questioning it whatsoever mm-hmm. from 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 Scripture. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I recognize that's also the problem, but but I'm I'm hoping as well, and, and we can talk about this at some point that that you'll you'll touch on tonight is what 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 are the practical implications. Of of having believers, and I think I think we we can definitely identify them in our time tonight. What are the practical implications of Christians who have ignored? 
the biblical standard with regard to the issue of there's there's one human race if you're going to use the word race there's one human race created in the image of God and and multiple ethnicities but that there but that but that we are we are all created equal you know in the imago day what 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 are some what are the what are the practical implications of our lack of biblical adherence on this particular issue well, I think you just answered your own question, Verge, right there in the last words of your sentence, because I was just going to say, I think a primary implication is biblical illiteracy. Mm. Mm. It's biblical illiteracy. Yeah. Uh, when we rely on a textbook over what is written in the book, yeah. uh, that's, that's a primary and very sad practical reality mm. uh, that it, it just propagates a culture of biblical illiteracy. You know, and I was thinking mm-hmm. about the point you just made, you were referring back to the article, the Nat, the Nat Geo article, where it points out uh, Morton believed, uh, you know, that there were five different races. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, really Morton was, you, you could really call him uh, an ethnic dispensationalist because, <laughs> you know, now I'm not a dispensationalist. Right, you get ready to start. Now you get ready to start something. But that's what I do, man. I start stuff. I start stuff. <laughs> Anyone who follows me on social media knows knows right. that. I don't right, I don't right, mean right. to, but you know that's just how that yeah. comes with the territory. Comes with the territory. Right. Yeah. So Morton is a, a an ethnic uh dispensationalist because he believes that there was there are there were five different races. I'm not gonna enumerate them here. Right. But you can read the Nat- National Geographic piece points that out. Uh but you know, again, I think biblical illiteracy is what got us here. To be honest with you, wow. that's what got us here. Wow. That's why we're talking about this right now. Verge, be, mm-hmm. be honest, if you want to whittle it down to its least common denominator, biblical illiteracy, hermeneutical Ill- illiteracy mm-hmm. among Christians is why we're even talking about this. Yeah, if Christians were better theologians, and we're all called to be theologians. If you're a Christian, you're you're a theologian. Matter of fact, if you're not a Christian, you're a theologian. Mm-hmm. You know, so, b- but Christian theologians, Christians should be better theologians than than what we're proving ourselves to be. Uh, you know, and I want to take this opportunity right now on the, you know, again, still answering your question, Verge, with respect to the practical implications. Uh, and I'll probably catch some heat about this. You know, hey, that's fine. I, I expect to catch heat every episode we do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But because uh, I know I'm not speaking to the choir all the time. But uh, please, Christians, stop writing books on racial reconciliation mm. and how to reconcile the races. Stop. Mm. Okay, stop it. All right. Uh, the 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 world now is 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 just saturated. It seems like everybody and their cousin is coming out with a book, right, on how to reconcile the races, right. Uh, when there's no such thing as race. So stop with the books. Stop with the racial racial reconciliation roundtables and conferences and 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 strategy sessions and open up your Bible Mm. to the Gospels and preach the message that Jesus himself preached, which was repent and believe the gospel. Man, I I love what you're saying, but you know when you when you land there, 
you you you're going to a upset a lot of people. I know you recognize that. And 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 the reason for the upset is they have a lot of time and energy, man, invested in uh, these these ideas uh, mm-hmm. around solutions, mm-hmm. uh, these ideas around programs and procedures and and books and uh, and and things that we now need to buy to hear their perspective on how to on how to heal uh, what what ails uh, the rest of us. And and I, I think you know again, there's there's no denial uh, about the the history uh, regarding how how blacks were have been treated in this country there's no there's no denial of those things i think the problem becomes when when the solution uh is something extra biblical right it's right. It's, right. it's the gospel and something else it, it's the gospel and the five keys that 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 i've written down in a book that you now need to purchase so that you can appear to be woke you know um mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. that become that becomes the the problem so c- kind of would, would i just want to hear you kind of unpack that a bit c- kind of speak to w- what happens when you when you take that that drum beat that drumstick out of the hand of of the uh the, the baton so to speak uh of of the of the of the person who's who's the social justice warrior that says Daryl I hear what you're saying that sounds really nice but you know, if we don't do these things, th- th- there's going to be some things that are going to get missed or overlooked. Well, see, here, here's my response to that. Here's the problem with the with the with, with what I call the more activist type Christians, mm. because what you're looking for is heart change. You're looking for an individual to change their attitude or change their perspe- perception to change their mindset about someone. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's essentially what they're asking for. Right. Uh, so the person who they're asking their desire is for the person who holds a certain sinful bias towards another person based on the color of that person's skin as the trigger. Uh, They're wanting that person to change. Now, how does a uh, protest or in and of itself, how does a protest in and of itself, how does a program in and of itself, how does, um, you know, a uh, round table or a, a conversation on race in and of itself change anybody's heart. Right. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't. Uh, now we've got half the Bible. I'm saying half. I don't mean that literally folks. Okay. I'm just saying we, the, if, if the old, if the old Testament demonstrated anything, if we learn anything from the old Testament, it's that, you know, actions and, and, protestations and uh you know laws and uh you know trying to make things fair uh, mm. don't work they don't work mm. uh which really brings up an interesting irony uh why why partake all of these activist positions under the guise of the gospel mm. Why not do that same thing under the guise of Islam hmm. or Hinduism or Scientology or Buddhism or Taoism mm-hmm. or Jinism or any other ism? Why do these activist efforts need to be partaken under the banner of Christianity? Mm. See, that, that that's a problematic question for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. 
Because you can't say, well, the gospel mandates that we do this. Because if you say that it's a gospel mandate, then you're acknowledging that the gospel is the impetus for this. But at the heart of the gospel is what? It's repentance. Amen. John said to do acts in keeping with what verse? Repentance. Yep. Not protestation. (laughs) He didn't say commit acts, do acts in keeping with protests Mm -hmm. or in keeping with justice. He didn't Mm -hmm. say that. He didn't say do acts in keeping with fairness or equality or or egalitarianism. He didn't say that. You do acts in keeping with repentance. Mm -hmm. So I don't care under, you know, uh, under what guys you uh, support an activist, a more activist type approach with respect to the non-existent issue of race. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that under the guise of the gospel, you're in a uh, a no-win position with respect to the impetus is always going to be to reach the person's heart first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. You can't escape that. No. There's no there's no there's no if ands or buts. There's no getting around that. You can't escape it. No. No. Daryl, here's here's my here's my next question. What do you say to the person who says, "Yeah, but but Daryl, what you what you're saying is not fair." And 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 at the end of the day, what it requires of me, the person who's who who's who's been um victimized for for 200 years slavery and 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 Jim Crow and and institutional racism and 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 white privilege you mean I, I've got it now I've just got to suck all of that up say nothing and 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 keep on and keep on keeping on I mean basically yes. you, basically you're asking basically <laughs> basically you're asking me or you're trying to tell me that that there's no there's no opportunity for me to vent my outrage, my anger, my disgust at what has been done for this many years. Hey, look, my response is this. Vent all you want, my brother or my sister. Mm -hmm. Vent all you want. But I doubt that you yourself have been a victim of slavery. I mean, if if you've been around for a couple hundred years, I'd like to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's your longevity uh, secret? You know, but here's the deal. And, and I'm about to upset some folks again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting that that's, that timeline always begins at the two, 200 years ago. Right. Mark, right. Right. When, when we know, you know, the first Africans landed as slaves uh, on on this continent mm-hmm. uh, long before that, 1619, Jamestown, Virginia. OK. But the timeline even goes back further than that. Mm-hmm. It goes back further than 1619 mm-hmm. when Africans, black Africans, for hundreds of years were selling their own people into slavery. Yeah. I come from a line uh, on my father's side, the paternal line of a tribe of people back in Ghana, West Africa, mm-hmm. who sold their own people. Wow. into slavery. Mm. So if we're going to be real about this, let's be real about this. The timeline goes much further back. 
than 200 years. Or if not, then you're saying slavery is not slavery. Now, slavery is slavery. Who does it matter who is enslaved? Right. What does it matter? It shouldn't matter who's enslaved. If slavery is slavery, then we need to talk about slavery on the whole and not compartmentalize it right at 200 years ago and call that slavery. But anything before that, as it relates to black slavery, well, that, that doesn't count. No, you can't do that. that that's intellectually being intellectually dishonest. Uh, so again, for the Christian, you either believe that God is sovereign over your situation or he's not. Mm. Uh, mm. God never promised, you know, and, and, and there, there should not be a Christian out there right now who complains about anything being fair. Right. It, to, to understand Christianity, to understand to be a follower of Christ is to understand unfairness as it relates to your position in Christ and what had to be done in order for you to have that position. Amen. Amen. I, I, I think, I think what you just said there is, is critical for us to understand. Um, there was maybe a few podcasts ago where, where you'd unpack the, the, the idea that you know, we, we have every desire to, 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 to litigate, to adjudicate uh, issues of sin aimed at us while at the same time never really having a desire whatsoever to to, to do the same uh in in our own lives we would much rather we we would we would much rather uh cry unfair and that that a, a situation done against us uh requires justice mm-hmm. uh while at the same time in our own lives uh looking at what we've done and 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 having every desire to experience mercy and grace. Right. Right. And and you know, excellent point, Verge. So so to the Christian out there, I would just say, listen, before you start talking about fairness, kind of chill. Okay. Kind of chill right there because it's interesting, Verge, at this time of year, so we're coming up on Good Friday mm-hmm. here shortly. Uh we're going into the uh uh, resurrection season mm-hmm. uh, of the year, and I want to remember. I'm sorry. I want to. I want to uh, remind folks of uh, who may not, who may be on a sort of a fairness soapbox right now. Uh, if you're a Christian, let me let me read something to you about fairness. Okay, I'm reading from Mark chapter 15. This is where Jesus is on his way uh, to the cross. He's before Pilate, and I want to start in verse 16. And uh, read through verse 20. Uh, and this is for those who want to complain about things not being fair. If you're Christians out there who want to complain about things not being fair. This is Mark chapter 15, verses 16 through 20. Again, I'm reading from the NESB. Verse 16. The soldiers took him away into the palace, that is, the praetorium. And they called together the whole Roman cohort. And they dressed him up in purple. And after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to acclaim him. Hail, King of the Jews. So they're mocking Jesus here. Verse 19. See if this sounds fair. They kept beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing before him. Verse 20. After they had mocked him, 
they took the purple robe off him and put his own garments on him and they led him out to crucify him. Now, for the, per- the the Christian out there again who wants to complain about things not being fair, you should never expect fairness in a sinful world. You should never expect that. Uh, sin is inherently uh, distorting. It is mm-hmm. it, it deforms. Mm-hmm. Okay, it deforms. It destroys. It it the 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 the, the Bible is clear. It's, it says the whole creation groans for that day when it will be made new. Uh, so you should never expect righteousness in a sinful world. Mm. Um, even Christians still sin. <laughs> I mean, so what do you expect from the world? Mm-hmm. Um, so when that comes your way, and you know, Virg, I just uh, I just completed at my church. Uh, I just ended a twenty-four week expository study of First Peter. Wow! And and the doctrinal theme of First Peter is how Christians ought to respond mm-hmm. in suffering unjustly. That's, That's five true. chapters that deals yeah. with how the Christian is supposed to respond in this world when suffering for the cause of Christ, okay? And you're not to respond by complaining about things not being fair. Matter of fact, when you studied that epistle of 1 Peter, Peter makes it clear that the Christian should expect persecution. The Christian should expect suffering. The Christian should expect, and not only expect, that the Christian should welcome it the Christians should welcome it. He says in First Peter, he said, don't be surprised at these fiery trials coming at you as if there's they're not there's some sort of uh, a, a surprise, something to be unexpected. No, you should expect this as a Christian. And should, you should be ready to stand firm in your faith, trust in God in all those situations. But we should never expect fairness and righteousness in this world. So nothing mm-hmm. along those lines. Uh, should surprise us. But the next time you're in your flesh and you want to complain about what's not fair, just consider what I just read in Mark chapter 15. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been spit on? Have you ever been beaten Mm -hmm. for no reason? Have you ever been nailed to a cross? Huh? Absolutely. I think that's spot on. I, uh, as you talk about what you all walk through in, in first Peter and man, I'm, I'm certain that, that you guys, you know, you said 24 weeks you guys spent. Yeah. 24 that? weeks, 24 weeks, 24 in, Wednesday nights. Yep. Yeah. 24 Wednesday nights. As you walk through um, that text, unpacking verse by verse by verse, what, what ran through my mind, as you were talking about that was how is it that, that there's some theologians and some religious leaders and some pastors who, who, whom I respect um, who seem to be getting it wrong regularly with regard to this issue of racial reconciliation and, and, and seem to be on the side of uh, the culture uh, identifying white privilege and telling their their parishioners, you know, we, we we're white, we've got this privilege, you know, it, it is what it is. 
Um, you know, I could I could name names, but but out of respect, we you know that's not that's right. not the the point. The point isn't isn't the person. Uh, the the point is the 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 issue, and and how how dangerous it is that that spiritual leaders are feeding Christian culture with ideas from a secular worldview that has that that has ignored uh, Bible and 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 according to the to the uh, to, to the National Geographic article, the, the ideas and places where they've landed have presuppositions that are steeped in division and racism. Right. Exactly right. And it goes back to Douglas's quote that I read, you know, science is, science is, uh, you know, is uh, bent towards division, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm looking at a text now here in, uh, in first Peter uh, chapter four, verses 14 through 16, you know, again, cause I, now that you pose that question, or just kind of on my mind, you know, Peter writes here in, in first Peter four verses, verses 14 through 16. He says, if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. Now, first, do you see that going on within the church as it relates to this whole racial reconciliation? I don't see that happening. I don't see it, buddy. I see a bunch of people out there demanding their rights, mm-hmm. uh, demanding this and demanding that based on an attribute or a characteristics of their existence that they have nothing to do with. Wow. They have absolutely nothing to do with it. I don't care what shade of melanin you have. You have that not of your own doing. That's right. Okay. You have that not of your own doing. And yet we're out here demanding our rights, protesting, organizing this kind of march and that kind of march. You know, and again, I'm talking to the church. Right, right. This is not to say that when when we are unjustly treated that we act like, you know, societal doormats and we 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 adopt this sort of by and by attitude. No. I mean Romans thirteen makes it clear that the government is to uh, adhere to certain creation ordinances because governments are established by God. So governments, are, the government exists and, uh, and governmental authorities exist to protect unalienable rights that we have under the principle of the Imago Dei. Right. Okay. So I'm not saying that at all. So I don't want anybody to get it twisted, but at the same time, I'm talking to Christians response to unjust behavior. Yeah. You know, if you've been unjustly treated, if a law has been broken, if your civil rights have been violated, pursue that along uh, legal grounds that adjudicated as best you can. You know, but at the same time, there is a posture and an attitude that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to mirror in his image. You see, and one of those postures is not getting up here and demanding your rights. Uh, remember now the Christian has been bought and paid for, which is interesting, right? We're talking about slavery. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the Uh Christian is is a slave himself or herself. The Christian is a due loss of Christ. You you know, slave have no rights. Yep. So if you're a slave of Christ, no, you have no rights. You have no rights, none. Uh, so this, this issue, uh, again, it, it shouldn't be an issue because again, We've talked about it 
theologically, we've talked mm-hmm. about it from the standpoint of the National Geographic piece, where science pretty much just augments what the Bible has already taught for thousands of mm-hmm. years. There's no such thing as race. So, so for the Christian, the church, the, the challenge is, okay, well, what now? Where do right. we go right. from here? That's what I was getting ready to ask next, buddy. You know, where do we go from here? So for me, again, uh, my my concern with respect to especially how the church has just bought into this, like you said earlier, man, just hook, line, and sinker. We we have bought into this whole race lie Mm -hmm. without questioning anything. No, we haven't. And and to the ex, uh, to, to the expense of biblical illiteracy among individual Christians. Yeah. So, you know, my prayer is that we will see as we learn more about folks like Dr. Samuel Morton, mm-hmm. as we learn more about folks like Charles Darwin and how he mm-hmm. used evolution along the mm-hmm. same lines as Morton. Uh, has manipulated science with these cranial studies that he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go back and read Frederick Douglass's address uh, that we cited again tonight uh, in this episode, as we did in the previous episode, the claims of the Negro ethnologically considered. Go back and read that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you will, you will see. And I, I thought I was thinking about this earlier, Verge, I haven't seen this Nat Geo article making its rounds among social justice warriors. So oh, no, the quiet is kept, right? I thought that was very, very interesting. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've been sort of keeping an eye on that at sort of a 50,000 foot level to see, mm-hmm. okay, who am I going to see? Gonna pick this up? Yeah. Who's going to pick this up? Who's talking yeah. about this? Yeah. But the folks that are not talking about this are your social justice advocates. Right. They're not, t- they're not touching that. It doesn't fall into their narrative. Doesn't fit the narrative. Mm-mm. Doesn't fit their agenda. It doesn't fit their uh, modus operandi. Mm-mm. You know, I'm, 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 I haven't seen anyone who. Now we're not going to name names or groups, but I haven't seen any within that uh, that block, that mm-hmm. group, uh, sharing that article at, or talking about it at all. Right. Uh, you know, but what I want to see is the church get back to what the gospel says about this issue and stop using buzzwords like racial reconciliation and just call yeah. people to repent. Because essentially that's what you're asking them to do. So Absolutely. let's just go ahead and go back to basics. Mm-hmm. Call Absolutely. people to repent, man. That, Absolutely. That, that's what I want to see happen. No, absolutely, man. I think I think I think that's key. I think you you've hit it. it it's it's one of those things where um, this particular article, as a as a as a a piece of of, of scientific evidence, doesn't support a narrative uh, that 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 wants to keep people divided. It identifies how we are indeed uh, very very similar based upon based upon dna uh how how much we are alike um and how and how similar we are and whether whether or not you agree with the timetables for for the you know created order and all of that 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 that's irrelevant i think when they when they begin to look at the at the evidence the science in front of them they they come to the conclusion there's no difference 
between a person with with little to no melanin to to the person who has you know a great deal of it uh, and, and and every in every shade in between mm-hmm. and and so the, the the issue of race is a non factor it's it's a it's a made up um, you know identifier uh, mm-hmm. in order in order to divide people and mm-hmm. and they've landed on where it originated. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's, that's in, you know, the presuppositions around racism. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I love what, what you're saying. We've got to get back to biblical literacy. We've got to get back to a biblical worldview to explaining things and prescribing, uh, uh solutions that are biblical. Repentance is the issue. Um, and, and, and walking that out in, in our lives. And, and again, you talked about, about making sure that we bear the fruits of repentance in our own lives. I think all of those things are, are critical to this issue. You said it a long time ago, races don't reconcile people Mm -hmm. do. And so having those honest conversations about issues uh, with someone who has indeed sinned against you rather than, than using labels aimed at, at an individual's feelings uh, of mm-hmm. course, we've we've elevated feelings in our culture to mm-hmm. to the to the mm-hmm. point where we bow the knee to whatever someone feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 bringing them back to again biblical framework, repentance, placing faith in Christ, having the gospel having its full impact in the life of each and every individual. But man, I tell you what, that's some work, bro. Yeah, that's some work. And see, here's the thing, though. I think uh, I'm glad you said that verse. That that is some work. And here, I think part of the reason why. Uh, we haven't seen more progress. And when I, when I say progress, I mean spiritually. We haven't seen, uh, shall we say, uh, more evidence of repentance mm-hmm. is because we've made the mistake of thinking that this reconciliation is our job. <laughs> we think that's, that's our job. That's good. We, 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 we've, uh, we, so, we, we sort of, I don't know how we got here, but we've confused uh, our role with the role of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You see? Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's the Holy Spirit that changes hearts. Uh, the, the, the protests don't change hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's what the the Jews who mistook Jesus's mission. They were activist Jews. They wanted Jesus to be an activist Messiah. Yes, they did. You see, that's what they wanted. And there are Christians today who want that same thing. Mm-hmm. They want that same kind of Jesus. They want that same kind of gospel. And see, that's what frustrates a lot of Christians today is because, and I've said this before on the podcast, that the gospel is an inside out uh, thing. It's not an outside in. You don't protest anyone into heaven. Mm. You don't protest anyone into repentance. Uh, you don't racially reconcile uh, by reading this book anyone into the kingdom. You know mm-hmm. th- that's not how the gospel works. Mm-hmm. The gospel works from the inside out. Uh, the, the 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 Bible's clear about that. And the same thing that angered the people in Jesus' Jesus's day to the point that they where they crucified him is the same thing that angers Christians today because they just will not accept the fact that there are going to be some people who just don't want the kind of gospel 
the, the, the kind of gospel that takes time to penetrate people's hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, I go back again to first uh, Peter chapter four uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, think about your own life verge. And I'm saying this to the listeners as well. Mm-hmm. If you're a Christian, uh, think about where you are, whatever age you are right now. Think about the life you had before God brought you to himself. Mm. And it was God who brought you to him, himself. It wasn't yes. you. Yes. Okay. So, th- but just think about that. How much patience God had yes. in tolerating your yes. sinfulness. Yes. Yes. He could have destroyed you in your yes. sin. Yes. Brother, I think, I look, I'm thankful for, 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 for the cross. I'm thankful for, for justification. I think about how patient he is with me in the process of sanctification. Exactly right. <laughs> so the person who gets frustrated, the, the activist Christian out there who gets frustrated and says, well, now, nah, you know, we got to do more than preach the gospel. Mm. Listen, if there's anything in this world that takes more than the gospel, mm. you got a wrong perspective on the world, my brother, my That's sister. Good. You got That's a wrong good. perspective. There is, listen, the gospel is the answer for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything in this issue, every issue in this world can be addressed by the gospel. So the person who, 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 the Christian out there who's frustrated at somebody like me and you, Verge, who says well, what we need to re- really focus on is bringing folks the gospel and allowing the Holy Spirit to take his word and work in that person's heart or not, because the Holy Spirit may not choose to do that, and let the gospel do its work. The person who gets frustrated at somebody who advocates that kind of approach needs to remember your own conversion experience. Amen. Amen. Your own Amen. Life. Absolutely. Uh, just real quick, Virg, I want to look at first Peter chapter four. Do it. Do it. It says this. It says, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with this same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, here, here's here's where I want to focus on. Verses two and three of chapter four. And as we listen to this, think about your own life and where God brought you from, how patient he was with you. Verse two of first Peter four. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Verse three, for the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Now, what Peter there is doing, he's enumerating what Paul says in Ephesians 2, when he says you were dead in your trespasses and yes. sins. Yes. Peter is enumerating what those trespasses and sins look like. Mm-hmm. So for, for the Christian out there to, to show any sort of frustration or impatience because society isn't coming along fast enough for them. Well, remember what remember the patience of God in your own life. Yes. You know how he was gracious with you as we just read. The time already passed was sufficient. That's mm-hmm. God's grace towards you. Amen. Amen. By letting you live long enough to experience his salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay? So before we get on our little uh, you know, moral high horses. That's good. That's good. We need to take a step back and remember the grace of Christ in bringing us to a knowledge of him when he didn't have to do that. Mm. 
You didn't absolutely. have to do that at all. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I think that's I think that's so spot on. I I, I definitely want to give you some some room, man. I know you've got uh, a lot of things brewing, a lot of things working, a lot of folks getting at you. Uh, the podcast is is exploding. The listeners are 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 coming, man. We, they're enjoying uh, what what we're bringing. Uh, what you're sharing in particular. And so, man, I want to give you at least some space toward the end. If you wanted to kind of, kind of let some of our listeners know some of the things we've got working, man. Yeah. I'm really excited. I appreciate you doing that verse. I'm really excited to announce that the just thinking podcast will soon be, can I use the word syndicated? Are we being come syndicated? On, come on, come on. Yeah, just thinking podcast is being syndicated. And for those of you who are familiar with uh, American Family Radio, they ha- American Family Radio has sort of a, ser- a, a subset of programs that broadcast under the American Family Radio uh, banner. And one of those programs is airing, airing the, I'm sorry, Urban Family Talk. Urban Family Talk. You can go to urbanfamilytalk.com and see the list of shows that broadcast there. And pretty soon, I can't, say any more than this but pretty soon the just thinking podcast will be broadcast on urban family talk wow uh under the american family radio banner so we're spreading our wings verge and i want to give a shout out to miki and will addison who in partnership with our boy Dwayne uh atkinson is making this happen Mm -hmm. so i want to give a shout out to the addisons and Dwayne Atkinson for working together to make this happen. So great, man. That's going to be another platform where folks will be able to listen to us on Urban Family Talk Radio. So wow. thanks a lot, Miki and Will. We appreciate it. Dwayne, yeah. thanks for working in the background to make this happen. Absolutely. Uh, and we just thank the Lord, man, for giving us, uh, uh, he's sort of widening our footprint here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we appreciate the listeners for spreading the word uh, about the podcast. We love y'all. Absolutely, man. Love what's happening. Appreciate the work you've done to lay a a great foundation. Uh, People that you're reaching out to, relationships that you're building, uh, the the time that you spend even after the podcast is over, uh, promoting, uh, getting on Twitter, getting in the social media space, letting folks know what's going on. Uh, All of that is is a part of, uh, of exposing those who may not know or may not hear. Uh, about what we're doing and uh, and pushing it, so appreciate you as well, man. All the all the hard work that you put into this, this is good stuff. I appreciate it, Verge. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that 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 does it, man. Another episode in the books, locked and loaded, man. Definitely want you all to enjoy the show. Go back, listen to uh, the the previous episode as well, episode number twenty. Check that out. Check this out. Share, subscribe, connect with us, and tell somebody else about the Just Thinking podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by the Bar Podcast Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking. And remember, let's think.